You are, you are listening to Making Bank, where we uncover the mindset and success strategies of the top 1% so you can amplify your life and your business. business. Welcome to Making Bank. I am Josh Felber, where we uncover the mindset and the success strategies of the top 1% so you can amplify your life and your business today. Super honored and excited for today's guest. Been friends for a while. Excited to have him on the podcast finally. Dave Woodward graduated from Brigham Young University. He became a regional director of Merico, a local Texas firm which he took national in just two years' time. Dave then founded Monopolize, Inc., a direct response marketing agency focused on financial services and the real estate industry. But he recognized a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity when he met Russell Brunson and Todd Dickerson, the two founders of ClickFunnels, back in 2014 when the company was just a startup. I remember using them shortly after that. Russell and Todd felt immediate kinship to Dave and invited him to come on board. Dave became a vital part of the team as chief revenue officer, and the rest, as they say, is history. And for Dave, it's never about the title of CEO, it's about results. And in addition to his CEO duties, Dave is the energetic host of the widely popular podcast, ClickFunnels Radio. He has a true gift for making his guests feel right at home, so it's no wonder he gets some of the savviest business owners and self-starters on the planet to share never-before-revealed sales and marketing secrets on every show. Dave is first and foremost a devoted husband, family man, and avid adrenaline junkie. So I'm excited to welcome my good friend, David Woodward, to Making Bank. Hey, super excited to be here, Josh. This will be a ton of fun. Yeah, awesome, man. Well, this has been a long time coming, so uh, <laughs> <laughs> really excited to have you here and just knowing, knowing each other you know, throughout the years and everything. Uh, just just honored to have you and be able to share all the amazing insights. I know you've got so much over the years and, and let alone just even in the past, I don't know, seven years with ClickFunnels and all the great stuff that you've done there. So um, tell us, I guess, what made you take that chance on ClickFunnels? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so, wow. Uh, it was kind of crazy, actually. So I had a mortgage, uh, basically took my marketing company, had a mortgage business, crashed in the... 2008 through 2012, you know, craziness, uh, and then started, you know, basically digging out of that and was finally back on top. Uh, and my wife was like, finally, we're back. We're doing great. And at about that time, Russell and Todd approached me and like, hey, you want to get on this crazy little startup train? And she's like, oh, no. Oh, no, Dave. I don't want to go back down again. I know startups mean nothing. We're not going to make any money. I'm like, sweetheart, I just, I don't know, sweetie. I just believe this is the right one. And she's like, oh, please. And that's where we started. Uh, I she basically said, you know what, We're, you're not moving to Boise. I was in San Diego, so I stayed there. I basically, for the first two years, commuted up every other weekend or every other week to, to Boise and let's say a week in San Diego, a week up here. And uh, after two years, we moved up to the Boise area and been here for the last five years. Well, yeah, and as entrepreneurs, we always say like, yeah, this is the one. This is the <laughs> one that's going to do it. Five, five startups later and then, and then it is. <laughs> that's the whole making bank secret right there. <laughs> that's right. You can shut it off now. That was it. <laughs> 
No, that's awesome. And I, I remember because, I mean, I know we, I started using ClickFunnels right after you guys launched the software. I think it was in – you launched it in September. And I think I started using it in November that year. <laughs> and it was rough, but, it, I mean, it was way better than anything else out there at the time. And so it was it was super cool. Uh, and I think, I know we met probably shortly after that at one of, one of the first events that yeah. you guys did for the – uh, mastermind or whatever I think it was and everything. So we had a lot going on, but yeah, it was fun. <laughs> it's been fun to see you and all your success. You guys have been crushing it. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, so tell us a little, okay. So, I mean, you, you started with click funnels just more as like biz dev, I think it was right. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. working with them and I, obviously now you're CEO of the company. So, you know, you've worked kind of worked your way up, I guess, but yeah, however you can say it, but you've kind of done the same thing along the journey all along. Um, but I guess tell us some of the things that initially that you found, you know, with the company that you were able to help them with, and then maybe some of those, then some of those challenges. So we'll kind of start with what you initially came on board and were able to help make those some of those initial transitions. Absolutely, I think uh, the best part is for those people who know Russell and Todd. You know them as literally the most amazing guru. And I mean, I don't know of anyone who has a better marketing mind than Russell, and I've never met any tech guy who's better than Todd. So I mean, you couldn't put the two better co-founders together and launch and birth this amazing software that we've had. Uh, the irony to all of it is both of them are, by definition, are just definitely the infopreneurs. They are the type of guys who basically are the introverts. They do not want to have their face out there. Russell's a great extrovert on stage. As soon as he gets off stage, he's like, man, let me just have my own space. And so yep. I'm the opposite. I'm that crazy, bouncing extrovert all over the place. And I think that was the main thing that I brought to the, the table was, dealing with a bunch of the stuff that they just didn't want to deal with. And that's been a ton of fun. Um, whether we were in San Francisco at Salesforce or going to Dreamforce, whether we were wherever we've been traveling around, I know you've had the opportunity to see Russell and I in a lot of different places. And it's just, uh, it's been a dear friendship. It's been a lot of fun. But uh, together, the two of us have been able to really to launch a lot of stuff going. And, and Todd's been there with us the entire time. Kind of in the early years, you know, while you were there, I guess, what were some of those challenges that you were running into? I mean, obviously it's a SaaS company and, you know, you, you, there's always software stuff happening and things like that. But I guess what were some of the things that you ran into um, growing the business? Yeah, I think one of the very first things that happened, uh, we, Russell and I had been in, uh, we were at one of Dan Kennedy's events and we just left there. Uh, he was hopping on a flight with his family, heading over to London. Uh, so we had just finished, I think it was the Info Summit or Super Conference, whichever one it was. But Lily got on the flight, and just as he's getting to the flight, he gets a call from Todd, and Todd's like, um, we're screwed. And he's like, what do you mean? He goes, all of our databases are down. We have nothing going on. We can't get this thing back up. And Russell's hopping on a flight with his family to London to go speak at an event. And literally, we're trying to figure out how in the world are we going to get software back up and running. And you're seeing Facebook going crazy. Everyone's like, what's going on? You guys are dropping our site. And I think the one thing we learned really fast was the importance of being completely transparent, open, and honest. Mm. And I think that was probably one of the biggest things that really, you know, when you get those first few people and they're trying to find out, am I going with a leader who really knows what he's doing and are we going to be part sure. of this? And that community is what was really created right back then, Josh, where uh, Russell got on, literally was leaving on his, about ready to go off his flight and just said, listen, we are, no one's a bigger customer of ClickFunnels than we are. We know, we feel your pain. We're going to fix this thing. And literally while he's flying from LA or from uh, New York to London, Todd's scrambling, trying to get things up and running. And by the time he landed, uh, he and Ryan had been able to get it onto a different database, get things up and running. And it was, 
it was crazy. It was super, super stressful. And I think the reality was just realizing that you've got to let your customers know what's really going on. You cannot these days with social media, with all the crazy stuff out there, you got to be honest. You got, and right. that honesty was probably the most important thing for us when we first got started. It would be a lot easier to say, oh, hey guys, we got this. Don't worry about it. It wasn't that way at all. It was Russell saying, we're screwed. I don't know what we're going to do. This is terrible, uh, but we're doing everything we possibly can to make it work. And ironically for us, I remember thinking, man, we're going to lose half our customers. We really didn't lose any. And it's because we were literally communicating all the time with them. And again, we were in the smaller starts as far as getting up. So people all knew our faces. They all knew who we were. It wasn't something you could hide from. And I think because of that, uh, just being open and honest and helping them know that, listen, your hearts are in our hearts as well. And we want to make sure you get this thing fixed. So that was the first thing. For sure. And I know one of the biggest things too, I know I think that's really made ClickFunnels growth and things like that is the whole culture that's been created around that. And obviously, like you said, being transparent was probably one of the yeah. huge first steps to bring the, everybody together around that. What were some of the things that you've implemented or you guys have implemented that you found that has worked really good to continue to build and grow the culture? And then we'll go like, what is like, oh crap, <laughs> that's something we shouldn't, <laughs> we shouldn't have done and <laughs> pulled it quickly. <laughs> I think one of the biggest things as far as uh, a culture building is really making sure that you understand the pain that your customers are going through. And the more you connect with them, the more that you actually are, are there with them and really trying to make sure that you're doing everything you possibly can to help build them. I think uh, one of the big things out there is you've got to put a stake in the ground and, and say, you know what, this is who we are. This is what we're like. This is what we attract. I think too often people try to, to bring every single person on board and, and that's just not a reality. You're not going to build a right. business these days. It's all about this polarity. It's a way of saying, you know what, this is who we are. This is exactly what we're like. And if you're like that, come join us. And for us, again, we we're bootstrapped, took on no debt at the same time where a lot of our competitors were taking on five million, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars. And so for us, it was like, listen, we're a bootstrapped company. If you're a bootstrapped company, if your company is trying to build your business, if you've got a dream, you've got a passion, you've got a mission, you're trying to get your mission out to the world, we're the right company for you. And that's really what brought a lot of people in. Uh, it's people like you and your wife who have this crazy opportunity to really get a product that is competitive with everything else out there, but there's a certain couple things about your product that separates it from everything else. And for us at ClickFunnels, it's a way of helping them get that mission, get that communication out to the audience and let those people join, be a part of your company and your culture as well. Yeah, and so basically then, you know, you guys kind of said, hey, you know, we're just like you. We're like that, we're like your startup. We're, you know, we're, we're grinding, we're working hard every day. And that's kind of the people that you guys started to attract, you know, initially Absolutely. with with ClickFunnels and everything. That's awesome. Um, what then? What was kind of that one thing as you've grown and you know you've probably had many of the things, but you know <laughs> something you're like, all right, this is gonna be awesome. Boom, and you go do it. And you're like, oh crap, things are falling apart. We don't want to do that. Let's pull the plug on it. <laughs> if there was oh, any. Oh <laughs> man, geez, there's so many of those things. I think one of them. Um, one of them was really realizing as you're growing and scaling without a whole bunch of, of money, you've got to get really, really good at testing things. And so for us, some of the things we tested, some worked, some didn't. And we had to get really fast at making those changes. But I think probably the biggest thing um, that we really implemented a ton this uh, right through the whole COVID thing in the beginning of this year, that was the massive impact of support. I think uh, it was at first, again, you kind of look at this idea as far as crossing the chasm and you start off, you know, 
those first few people who are super excited all before the the early majority and they're they're used to putting up a whole bunch of garbage and a whole bunch of crap and stuff and then all of a sudden you start to cross that into that early majority and they're expecting a lot of more mainstream things they're expecting a lot more of better support and so for us uh there was a while where our support wasn't talked about that great since then we've changed it it's completely the opposite we now have phone support we now have chat support we have social media support we have you cannot i mean you can get a hold of us anywhere because we care so much about our customers and we implemented a ton of that after the first of the year where you know you go from hundreds of support tickets on weight to now you're down to two to three or five or 10 or 20 tickets on weight and it was that type of a focus where we realized our customers really are the most important thing to us and that's where all of our folks went into it. and it it changed a ton just the whole culture the way people look at it uh it just was a huge opportunity for us to really serve and that's super important i know like over the years we've I mean, because we do everything here in-house and we've tried to do support in-house. We've tried to offshore support, like all kinds of support. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it's in – obviously, you know, I mean, acquiring a customer is expensive and keeping one is usually less expensive. And, <laughs> <laughs> but when you have people and you have bad support, it it becomes very expensive, because you're losing and you're having to acquire. And so, I mean, we've gone through that and it's like, you know, finally we found uh, like a local moms that does this, um, not local here, but in the U.S., but moms that do uh, support through a group. And yeah. we work with them and they've like over the last, I don't know, 18 months or so we've been using them. They, our support's like, now we get like one out of every 10 that might be like, oh, and it's more something that they did when they ordered and screwed up something, <laughs> you know, like an address. Why is the address? Why would you send right. it to the wrong house? <laughs> well, you put it in. We, you know, <laughs> that kind of – so we're getting a lot better where we used to be like, uh, you know, one out of every three, you know, kind of so, – Totally get that. Was, so, yeah, so I think it's, it's huge and it makes a big difference. And I think that's one of the big things that we've been able to see, you know, even a more of an increase because you're keeping the customers and Absolutely. not having to continuously find new ones all the time. You know, it's interesting you mentioned that. Um, I think, again, in, in your business, you're looking at repeat buyers. You're looking right. at you've got a product yeah. that's not a one time buy. And so you're looking how often can they repeat buyers? Any SaaS company is in the same revenue. I mean, it's all about churn. And so we always look at that. And it's one thing at first when, you know, everyone talks about percentage of churn. And when you're a smaller company, you know, if you have 10%, just keep the number simple of, you know, a thousand people, well, that's okay. You lose a hundred. All of a sudden, if you're at a hundred thousand, it's 10%. Well, you lost 10,000. And now it's like, whoa, how many more customers do I need to bring in? And so I think uh, the faster and the larger you grow, those percentages actually have a much more painful impact. And it goes back sure. to what you were talking about, Josh, and that is those customers you want them coming back. It's a lot easier than giving birth to just keep having the exact same customer every single month, buying your same product over and over and over again. Yeah, I mean, that's, and you guys are the same, like you said, with the churn. It's like, you want them, whether they're on the reoccurring, you know, monthly for your SaaS or annual, Absolutely. You know, and being able to continue to renew and, you know, stick with you and everything for the long term. So now with, um, you know, ClickFunnels, you guys are over 100,000 users and hundreds of millions of dollars. I mean, what, and you, I think you, 500 plus employees or somewhere right around there. Actually, we're 280 employees. 280. Okay. <laughs> I remember something and you grow and then you kind of <laughs> switch stuff around. So how has the culture changed internally going from Utah and Russell to, you know, Utah and Russell, some of that first team, you know, now to 200 and, you know, 280 employees. And 
Uh, I know a lot were in Boise, and then I don't know if you guys kind of furloughed, you know, put everybody from home during COVID or if you guys were able to still work. But I guess how does that culture change, and what have you guys done to really keep that tight-knit culture and stuff? And that is such a great, such a great question. Uh, one you always have is the culture with your customers. I think the most important part sure. really, though, is the culture with your employees. And it's how do you make sure that when you've got your employees, that they feel passionate about what you're doing. As you mentioned, when we first started, every single employee that we brought on was a customer. That's just how we grew our, you want to be in support? Great. You already know what you're doing. That's the best thing in the world. Just come join us as a full team. Um, all the, we really, as we've always grown the company, we've been a very remote company. And so whether they're in anywhere in the United States, we have people outside of the United States who handle some of our support and things. And so for us, the real impact as we were taking a look at it, uh, take for example, last Christmas time, uh, yeah, you can go ahead and give a Christmas bonus, but we thought what mattered more was getting Christmas swag. And so it was uh, making sure they part of the customers that they got swag that wasn't given out to any anyone else, but just our employees. And I was impressed. I mean, we ended up, they had a North Face jacket and they had you no know, sweats and they ended up getting Vans shoes that were custom with ClickFunnels logos on them and stuff. Oh, cool. And all of a sudden, that's the kind of stuff where they started feeling more part of the inside. And in the past, we gave it a lot of swag that we gave to everybody else. But we realized what we really needed to do was we need to give swag that was just for our employees. No one else would get it. We haven't given it to anybody else. And that really helped them feel like, you know what, I'm part of something unique. And for us, uh, we've had on our, you know, you have either your daily, weekly, monthly meetings, whatever you do, uh, part of all of our meetings, and that is what we do matters. And every single time to help build that culture, we talk about what we do matters. Okay. And for us, what we do matters is our actual customers. And so there's always customer stories of success rates, of things that they've done. And I think, Josh, the part that's most exciting to me, uh, you know how it was when we first got started, it was just our actual customers that mattered. Uh, now, as we take a look at it, it's our customers' customers that matter. It's that, it's that mm. next generation because all of a sudden, you take a look at our customers having massive success Sure. It's because of the service they're providing to their customers. And that's really what, uh, for us, long-term success on is making sure that our customers actually grow their customers as much as possible. So kind of like with that mindset and that focus, what has changed for you guys or what have you done different now that you're managing that many people? I know because, I mean, for us going from 5 to 10 to 20, you know, kind of we're in that 20 ballpark there right now, you know, but going from that to 280 is significant and it is. It, it is a lot more dynamics and a lot more, um, I guess, uh, you know, and I don't know how much of those are local in Boise cause you guys have your office there. And then we're very uh, remote. We really are. Okay. We always have, okay. um, yeah, we have an office here, but, uh, we probably only have five or six employees in this office at any time. Oh, wow. Okay. So you we've guys never had that. Yeah. So it's, uh, um, we're, our inner circle comes. That's we have more people here in that building than we ever do. It's just because of that one thing. <laughs> but so for us, I can tell you, um, really one of the main things that that we take a look at with that, and I think is, uh, I guess I wish I had all the answers. We're still trying to learn and kind of grow with this. But sure. one of the things we've done, uh, you know, half our employees are staff that actually are, do a lot of our support. And so one of the things we started doing was actually giving them. Uh, points that they could then give peer pressure or not peer pressure, but peer rewards to mm. for thanking them for whatever they've done. Okay. And it's been amazing to see when all of a sudden your peers start recognizing you for what you've done. And then those points are associated with a gift or a swag or a gift card or something fun. 
but it comes more from their peers and from their managers than it does from someone who's, you know, two or three different steps away from them that they really don't know. Um, that's, it's just, yeah, that's a nice token, but you don't know who I am. So right. for us, the greatest reward our, our employees are getting is peer recognition and then taking those peer recognition and using that for, uh, some sort of, of recognition or, or prize or anything else. Right. That's awesome. So as the people that are part of the team, if I recognized you, I would give you like 10 peer reward points. Is that kind of how it works? And then as you accumulate those, then you can use those for swag or different products. Absolutely. Things like yeah. that. That's super cool. It's like been that. a really, it's been a great thing. In fact, one of the things uh, recently we've started taking a look at is, uh, again, you're probably like, we are, we spend a ton of money on ads and everything else. And because of that, we accumulate a ton of American Express points or credit card points or whatever. And all 2020, we were using those for mileage for travel. Uh, this last year, we're like, we haven't gone anywhere. We've built up millions right. of points. What can we do with these points? And so we actually are allowing our customers, our, I should say our managers and others to use those points as gifts to our employees. And it's been just an amazing thing to see, uh, you know, we had one who, did this crazy, off, I mean, off the charts <laughs> request from one of our managers. I need this thing done. Like, I'm in the middle of a party. I'm down in Brazil. I don't know if I can do this. I'm like, like listen, I need to get this thing done. And so they did and uh, literally did everything they could to make it happen and made it happen within a weekend. And so the manager actually, uh, the gift they wanted more than anything else was to fly up to the United States and get a COVID shot. And so they took mileage points and flew with them and their spouse up to the United States to get their COVID shot. And it just totally changed them again it didn't cost us anything as far as a company sure. but the rewards to our employees were like oh my gosh you guys care that much about us and i think that that's what matters most that's cool no that, and that's i like that i mean that's a really cool idea um because then it helps like you said recognizing each other yeah. and the great job that each of them are doing and and everything like that as well so that's awesome growing you know growing the company um obviously you know, we talked a little bit about some of the challenges in the beginning that you guys experienced and being transparent and stuff going, you know, from that 10 million to 50 to hundred and stuff. I mean, what were some of the biggest things that you saw that you guys had to either internally change or, um, you know, or from your experience and Russell's and Todd's from your mindset, you know, change or switch to be able to continue to grow at that level? Oh man, that is such a great question. Um, it's, Fascinating as you start to grow, you get separated from a lot of the other people. Just you get these multiple, you know, levels of different people between you sure. and the actual action, and yet you feel like it's not getting done fast enough. Uh, it was a, it was last November, and I remember Todd Russell and I were meeting at uh, Todd's house out in the out on the lake, basically trying to figure out how are we going to change 2021. 2022 is crazy. All these things that happened. What are the things that we could really do? And so one of the things that we found that worked extremely well for us is both Todd and Russell have had their own skunk works teams uh, that are unique. And the idea behind it is um, as companies get larger, the pace at which you're able to grow and make change slows down. Right. And when you're an entrepreneur, you are used to, I mean, it is ready, fire, aim. Everything is let's go, go, go. <laughs> go, go, go. Let's we'll figure this thing out later. <laughs> and so all three of us being entrepreneurs at heart is like, how do we go back to that? And so the greatest thing for us, and it's been amazing to see, um, Russell taught, took four people basically on his skunk works team and started just split testing things at a rapid, rapid pace that normally we could never do just because of, of all the things that had to happen. And because of that, he found out 
three or four different businesses that he could use as case studies for ClickFunnels, run much faster, and then be able to turn around and then give those case studies as examples for ClickFunnels to then help us scale and grow. Mm. Todd, on the other hand, is doing the same thing from a tech standpoint of saying, you know what? Yes, we can make these little tiny changes. I mean, Todd, again, Todd's just a genius when it comes to technology. I've never met any guy who could literally, the way he thinks and the way he puts things together, again, he built ClickFunnels by himself. I mean, there was no one else. It was just him. And so it was like, how do we get to that next layer? How do we get to that next version? What are the things that we need? And so he took a few months to kind of map it all out. And now he's hiring his own Skunk Works team to kind of change some of the things that we've never talked about in the past that we're going to be rolling out at Funnel Hacking Live, which will be brand new to everybody. And we're so excited. It is going to be the biggest game changer that we've ever done. Uh, Leapfrog any competition that's out there. But most importantly, it's going to give to our customers everything they've been asking for without actually even getting the opportunity of talking to someone about. So we're super excited about it. It's, I think the key, if you take a look at Apple, you take a look at HP, you take a look at any of these other companies, the only way they get a new product to market is with a Skunkworks team. And you take a look at Apple, uh, Steve Jobs working on this whole iPod. That wasn't done inside normal Apple. It was this Skunkworks team outside a different building where it all got created. And at that point you can make, you can make changes so much faster. And for us, it was really hard with some of our tech people are going, hey, wait a second. I heard you've got this thing going. Why am I not involved? It's like, I need you to stay focused on what we currently have going because we can't change that. Mm. But we need to find out what is next. What's the next thing you're up to? And just like Apple ended up reduce, you know, producing the iPod and the iPhone, it was all because of Skunk Works things. And to me, that's the only way an entrepreneur can actually grow and increase the speed at which they're growing their business. You can't do it in your normal business. No, and I, I think, you know, that's, I've only heard that one other time. And I think that's super interesting. I, and for obviously people that are watching, maybe kind of give them like, if they don't know what a Skunks Works team is, kind of give them a quick little snippet of what, what that is and why, what it's for. Sure. I go back, uh, Lockheed Martin was the company that originally started it years and years ago about creating this amazing plane that could actually go uh, faster than anything else that was out there. And so Lockheed Martin basically had a Skunk Works team. It was called Skunk Works because it was out in a field and all the flowers around it, they stunk. It was terrible. So they called it Skunk Works. But that was what they started with. And because of that, then all of a sudden you saw HP do the same type of thing. And then you end up seeing Apple do the same type of thing. Just because you have the opportunity of getting the hardest part for any business is when they feel all the limitations that as business groups grow larger, they just slow down. There's bureaucracy. There's so many managers, people's decisions. There's politics. There's all the things that when you first started any company, you never have. It was like right. all hands on deck. Let's make this thing happen. There's there's a high level excitement. Um, we went outside of our normal employees. We hired people who didn't work with ClickFunnels, who were the very very best at what Todd wanted in certain types of technology. And so they work on this one small piece, and then we go out and bring this other piece in. So they, sometimes they're not all working together, but sure. Todd knows exactly what he's pulling together. And then uh, that started in November. We're Right now, at the end of June and in September, we're going to be rolling things out that people had no idea could have even happened. Awesome. And it only yeah, happened because of Todd. You know, that's super cool. And I think, as you said, as you're growing, as you start to hit these different levels, you have to have something there to be able, like you said, be able to continue as entrepreneurs, like, boom, we're going, yeah. we got to keep going, instead of like, why is this taking so long to get done? Oh, it and does. It's- it does. No, and I think you take a look at the reason why a lot of entrepreneurs actually end up selling their business. They just burn out. They just burn out. It's like, you know what? I can't go as fast as I used to. 
And the crazy thing, as soon as the entrepreneur sells their business, it's not like they just sit back and retire. They're super excited. They go and do another one just because they, I've got money now. I'm going to go do another product, another idea. And so we're doing the same thing except inside the business. Inside. That's awesome. Uh, we only got a couple minutes left. Um, what drives you? What makes you tick? What, what you know, wakes you up every day and, and keeps you right here in this chair or at ClickFunnels right there? <laughs> I absolutely love entrepreneurs. There's nothing I've ever been more excited about. Uh, I've been an entrepreneur my entire life. I don't know anything different. I've never been an employee. I, I have had the opportunity of having the highs and the terrible lows as an entrepreneur where you've lost everything. You're trying to figure things out. There is something magic whenever you're working with the entrepreneur and helping them give them all the tools, all the resources, all the things they need to be able to get that, that idea, that product, that service, whatever it is they want to get that out. And for me, all the stuff that we're, we built with ClickFunnels started, all the things we're working on right now, we're rolling out in September is going to take that even faster. As we cross the chasm, it's going to allow all the people. I think the most exciting thing for me right now, Josh, is the impact of COVID. All this went through this where a lot of businesses shut down. A lot of businesses sure. struggled. They're like, I can't do this. And yet you start to see the, the entrepreneurs who got a huge fire because of it. And they got so excited. They're like, you know what? I'm not going down. I'm not going down. I will show you how I'm going to do this thing. And then all of a sudden you started seeing these gyms take place. These restaurants take place. Restaurants now, instead of being all in-house, they've got this huge line outside. And they've got drive through business they didn't used to have. They're using Uber Eats. They're using... And I think the part I love more than anything else and what gets me out of bed every day is I am passionate about helping any entrepreneur. I don't care if it's a doctor, dentist, attorney, accountant, real estate person, person selling soaps or toothpaste. I don't care what the product or service it is you have. If I can help you get that product out at a faster pace to more people to help you get your dream and your vision, that is the fire that just fuels me. And I just, I am so passionate awesome. about that and I, I can't wait. Super cool. Well, guys, I hope you guys are really taking notes. Dave is dropping so much wisdom and knowledge and things that you can take and start implementing in your business. Uh, go back, listen to it, watch this again, take those notes, write it all down, share this with your friends, people that you know, like, hey, I know people that have businesses, they're getting impacted. This is what they need to hear right now today and get this over to them. Dave, one last thing before we wrap up um, is like, you're like, oh man, I was hoping Josh was going to ask me this. We've known each other a while and he didn't even ask me that. I can't believe him. What's one last thing you just want to let everybody know or share with them uh, before we close out? I think the main thing I want to let you guys know is no matter what you've been through, there's still another light at the end of the tunnel. There's still another opportunity. I don't care what you've gone through. It's actually going to give you all the momentum, all the force. I'm a huge believer in the fact the obstacle is the way. And that's just what I feel. And I think that's what uh, gives you the fuel to get the next step. Awesome, man. Well, Dave, thanks again for coming on Making Bank. An honor to have you again uh, here on the show today. My pleasure, my friend. I am Josh Felber. You are watching Making Bank. Get out and be extraordinary. Thank you for listening to Making Bank. If you have enjoyed this episode, please leave a review. And sharing is caring. Follow Josh Felber on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram for more. You can also listen to Making Bank on Amazon Alexa, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and watch on Apple TV, Success Thinkers Network, Amazon Fire, and YouTube.